The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Any health advice given, whether general, diet, physical or spiritual, is general only and must be verified by your doctor. If you need medical advice, please consult a doctor. Assalamu alaikum to all the listeners and viewers. I welcome you all to another exciting and educating edition of the Health and Fitness Show. I'm your host Fahad Matin for today's show and I hope and pray that all of us are fit and healthy by the grace of Almighty Allah. I do pray that we all have a nice and positive week so far and looking forward for a nice and relaxing weekend. This program is broadcasting live from the studios of Inspire FM on Thursday, 21st of November 2019. And casting its positive vibes to all our lovely people in Luton. And all the surrounding areas of Luton like Dunstable, Harpit and Bedford. A positive air is going all across UK as well and reaching all the listeners uh, who are listening to us uh, using Inspire FM um, uh, app uh, or our website. Or you can also view us by our Facebook app, uh, Facebook uh, link, which is live link. So all you have to do is just go to the Inspire FM uh, Facebook page and click the live link. If you are listening to the show or watching the show on Sunday or any other Thursday, that means it's repeat. Well, you can only listen. You cannot watch any other day except today, which is which we are live now. Unless you're watching rerun. Anyways, as we all know, we cover different health informative topics every single week. Uh, and today's topic is... Um, Something different, something unique in many different ways. Uh, as we always say is that prevention is better than cure, but we uh, don't uh, mean it because we don't uh, take necessary precautions to prevent the disease. Well, uh, today's show will definitely give you the necessary awareness of what uh, it can go wrong if we do not take proper measures. Yes, um, we are. Uh, today's topic is about pressure ulcer awareness. Yes, indeed, you have heard me correctly. We will be talking about pressure ulcers, and we are giving you necessary awareness of what uh, what it is and how we can uh, prevent uh, certain problems, so, and how can we look after our loved ones, especially who are who are not so well. And as always, I'm not the one who will be uh, explaining about this. I'm on the other side, getting the necessary education just like all of us. (music) 
So luckily, I have a house full of guests today. Uh, I'm, I'm surrounded with uh, nice, lovely people with me uh, who will be giving us uh, information about pressure ulcers and give us necessary awareness of what it is and how we can prevent certain things. So um, uh, on this note, let me welcome our guest for tonight. So joining me today in the studios are the three ladies. So uh, let's start with our very first lady on my right. It's uh, Jill uh, Grant. She is the patient safety nurse from Bedfordshire CCG. After that, it's Ruth uh, um, and uh, who's the tissue ability nurse. Uh, and also we have uh, uh, Catherine, uh, who's uh, the special uh, specialist dietitian um, uh, at the Cambridgeshire uh, uh, Community Services. Good evening, ladies. Good evening. How are you today? Well, well, thank you. So let's start with Jill. And uh, Jill, if you give us a quick uh, intro about yourself and then we will move on. Yes. Um, first of all, thank you, Farhad, for inviting us on the show um, to raise awareness about pressure ulcers um, to the community. My name's Jill Grant and I work at Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group as a patient safety project nurse. So looking at the quality of care that's being delivered across our nursing homes, domiciliary care and... Um, hospitals and community and um, today is worldwide stop the pressure day so it's a global awareness where we're raising or making um, you more aware the public professionals and politicians aware of pressure ulcers and the life-changing event it can actually lead to mm-hmm. um, what we do know in this country as well, we're spending £3.8 million daily on pressure ulcers. And we know with certain small changes that we can reduce the incidence of pressure ulcers occurring, mm-hmm. maintaining the quality of life of the person, but also saving some money from the NHS budget. Indeed. Um, so, yes... So let me uh, introduce our other listeners as well, so uh, other guests as well. So, uh, Ruth, if you give us a quick update about yourself and what you do, and then I'll move to Cathy uh, as well. Hello, my name is Ruth Mullins. I'm the tissue viability nurse for um, Bedfordshire Community Health Services. I cover central beds. Um, there's two other tissue viability nurses, one working in Dunstable and the other one working in Bedford. So we cover district nurses, practice nurses, nursing homes and residential homes. And we also provide training to raise awareness of pressure ulcers within the community setting. Mm-hmm. And Kath? Hi, um, my name's Katie. I'm a dietitian working for Bedfordshire Community Health Services. Uh, I do a lot of work with care homes predominantly, but also GP surgeries mm-hmm. and work with Ruth jointly delivering training mostly to care homes about how to uh, prevent pressure ulcers and how to treat them Mm -hmm. and yes definitely this is a a very very unique uh, topic itself and and uh, as uh, uh, as Jill was explaining earlier and I rudely interrupted her and asked uh, all other guests to (laughs) introduce themselves as well sorry you were saying something about uh, today's the worldwide stop the pressure day so yes, it's it's a global awareness where healthcare professionals across the world are raising awareness to their communities um, as far as Australia, America, um, worldwide, worldwide, and so there will be events going on 
what we're doing in Bedfordshire next week is having um, uh, an event, an awareness event at the Rufus Centre, which we've invited our domiciliary care colleagues, carers colleagues, residential home colleagues, nursing colleagues and nursing home colleagues to come and to to join into that event mm -hmm. just to raise awareness and it's quite an exciting program that's been put on by Ruth mm -hmm. and her team um, and anyone's welcome you know so if there's a carer out there that would like to come we would be very happy to see them that's at the Rufus Centre mm -hmm. at 12.30 till 4 5 it's till 4 o'clock mm -hmm. on um, Tuesday. Tuesday the 21st no 26. 26. Today is the 21st. <laughs> it's happened it's all the time to me as well. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so, um, so that's what today's about, and that's why we're here today, just to, to raise awareness with, with the local community. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, Ruth, tell us about on that day, what's happening on that day? So, on the day, we've actually got speakers. So, we've got the Continents um, team, come in to discuss incontinence products, pads. Um, we've got um, tissue viability. We're talking about moisture-associated skin damage, mm -hmm. um, which is quite common when somebody has incontinence. Mm -hmm. um, we've got physios and occupational therapists talking about reducing the risk of limb contractures. So when patients are nursed in bed, sometimes their tendons shorten in their leg and they get contractures. So we're really trying to raise awareness of that. Um, we've also got... Um, the equipment, Millbrook. Yeah, we've got coming. the equipment providers coming. We've got the dieticians, we've got podiatrists, and we've actually, this year, we've managed to get the wheelchair services involved. Wow, so it's a complete holistic services. It certainly uh, is. It's, it's a place where people can go and get uh, a wealth of knowledge and necessary support guidance which uh, for their loved ones, especially if they're going through a certain difficult times. Yeah. And we're, it's a very exciting event, I think, isn't it? And it's been very well attended for the last two years, yes. hasn't it, Jill? Yes. Perfect. Okay, so uh, definitely uh, we will be looking forward for that one. And then you said it's next week, Thursday. Tuesday. Tuesday. Next week, Tuesday. Uh, so let's, uh, let's uh, involve our listeners as well. So listeners... If you have any questions or queries regarding pressure ulcers, please, please, please do get in touch with us uh, uh, by calling us on 01582-481822. I repeat, 01582-481822. Or you can send us text messages or WhatsApp uh, on 0779-481822. I repeat, 0779-481822. We do like to hear your stories. We do like to hear your experience as well as your questions regarding this particular topic, which is pressure ulcers. If you or one of your loved ones gone through uh, this phase or they had pressure results or you're not sure and you need some more advice or guidance we have experts in the house who can give you necessary guidance in terms of what food we should eat and uh, not uh, how we can uh, help uh, or what what necessary cares we need to take regarding skins and also definitely definitely what uh, necessary uh, helps available and how we can tap them on but anyhow let's go to the very very major questions uh, in terms of uh, pressure ulcer is what is pressure ulcer so Ruth let me start with you first what is pressure ulcer a pressure ulcer can sometimes be known as in the community as a pressure sore or a bed sore mm -hmm. 
Usually um, they're injuries to the skin and underlying tissues caused by constant pressure on the skin. So usually presents initially as a red mark mm-hmm. over a bony prominence. So anywhere that's got a bone and the tissue is being squashed between a hard surface, a chair mm-hmm. and your tissue, sometimes um, the first sign is a redness. So uh, when it happens, what are so? Is it painful? Not painful? Sometimes it is painful. Some it depends. Sometimes if patients have reduced sensation, they can't actually feel the pain. Sometimes it presents as just a red area, um, an area that can feel warm. Sometimes cool. There's some discoloration, and when you press that area, we call that the blanching test. So if you have a red area and you press it with your finger, and it goes white and then comes back to red, it's blanching. But it's a uh, first signs of pressure damage. If you press it and it stays red, then you would need to seek advice from a healthcare professional. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's just an area that feels sore or itchy. On darker skins, it can sometimes look darker purplish or bluish um, and sometimes a patient just says I've got a sore heel and we can't see anything and two days later they present with a red heel later signs are blistering mm-hmm. and sometimes bruising which we call suspected deep tissue injury so that can happen over a bony area so keeping a careful check really on the skin okay uh, and, and uh, I just have a couple of uh, questions popped on my screen mm-hmm. uh, one of the questions is Islam I have got a plant flaces uh, please tell me if there's any cure I've tried injections and massage but it's still the same that's not pressure related all oh, right okay yeah planter. yeah yes planter fasciitis planter fasciitis yes, yes. yes that isn't no it's not pressure all right okay w- okay That's sorry it's not our field of expertise so all right okay <laughs> i'm so sorry about it uh, but sorry. yeah no problem i will definitely find more about this one uh, and 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 update our listeners as well so uh in terms of the uh, early signs uh, uh in uh, what will happen to the skin basically um when you've got sustained pressure mm-hmm. when you're sitting for long periods of time or laying in bed without moving um the skin and the underlying tissue the blood supply is sometimes reduced or the tissue doesn't require um doesn't have an adequate blood supply so you can notice the redness mm-hmm. that's the early stages um sometimes it's sheer so when a patient's in a chair and they're slipping downwards um the layers of the skin slide over one another and um you can get a shearing pressure damage when patients are in bed and they're slipping down the bed you can also get shearing or when somebody's transferring from bed to a wheelchair or to a chair so redness mm-hmm. So is it is it really bad when it looks when somebody can see how how does it look Sometimes it's just an area of redness but it can sometimes feel hard underneath so when you're pressing that area if there's any hardness I would suggest that you seek advice from a medical professional mm-hmm. because um we'll go into equipment later but sometimes you need a healthcare professional just to check that area to make sure it isn't pressure because then we need to put in preventative measures Mm-hmm. And it's the most important time of recognizing yeah, when signs. when those early signs because that's the time you can make a difference and stop the life-changing event that may happen 
if if it isn't resolved at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're really sort of keen for those early signs and symptoms to be recognised. To react to the red. Yeah, and and I would say on behalf of my colleagues, they would rather go and see something that wasn't pressure damage, but someone thought it was pressure damage. Definitely. Than actually someone saying, oh, I'm not going to bother them, I don't want to be a nuisance. We would rather you say, please ask that question, is this okay? And sometimes people are anxious about calling out a healthcare professional, but I would say, if in doubt, you call them out. So just to get them to check and make sure that everything's in place for that patient so we have a good outcome. Okay. Okay. Um, in terms of the... Uh, so you, when you said uh, the early signs of pressure damages are... Redness. Yeah. Sometimes an area that's cool or hot... So darker skins, um, when you can't really see redness, sometimes it's an area that's blue or purple. Anything that actually doesn't feel right. Sometimes it can just feel sore, it can feel hard. So any area, when um, if a relative's looking after their loved ones, if they notice when they're giving them a wash or going to the toilet, if they notice an area that actually just doesn't look right and it's over a bone, mm-hmm. it's it's always wise just to press it and make sure that the blood's coming back through it's going white and then it's coming red again Mm -hmm. if it's red and it stays red that is an early that's a category one pressure ulcer Mm -hmm. early signs of pressure damage and if it's darker skin would it look like a bruise would you think sometimes be a bruise yes yes but usually always over a bone yes okay um so uh, and if it is uh on 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 a on a meaty area like a, a place where you not bone like thighs or any on other th- place as well on the thighs it's probably unlikely to be pressure if it's kind of inner thighs and there's some t- sometimes you can get pressure damage from being hoisted but um or in between your knees if you're in lying between in your bed. knees if your knees are making contact with each other mm-hmm. um but usually over a bone right okay uh, so it's usually over the bone and it it is uh, it will show those signs. Yes. Okay. So uh, that comes to the section of diet as well. So does uh, how diet link to the pressure ulcer, uh, Katie? Um, so the risk of developing a pressure ulcer can increase whether you're underweight or overweight. Mm-hmm. So maintaining a healthy weight and eating a balanced diet is a really key way to reduce the risk of developing a pressure ulcer. So someone who's overweight might be more at risk of getting a pressure ulcer. It could be because they're less mobile, but also because there's more weight pressing on down onto the skin and onto that bone. But also someone who's underweight will have less natural padding around their bones. So the bone will be much, much closer to the skin, making it more at risk. And someone who's overweight and underweight may just have a diet that doesn't have enough vitamins and minerals in, which is what's helping the skin to heal. Mm-hmm. So that might be causing them to be more at risk of their skin breaking. Mm-hmm. So, so is there any specific diet we they should go with or they should take on? So, in terms of reducing your risk of get, getting a pressure ulcer, mm-hmm. um, dehydration can be a really key factor in uh, your skin becoming really dry, really fragile, and makes it easier for it to break. Mm-hmm. So, it's really important that we aim for around 1.6 to 2 litres of fluids per day, which is roughly sort of 8 to 10 glasses. 8 to 10 glasses, wow. Yeah. So, sometimes that can seem like quite a lot. It could be anything. So, it doesn't have to be water. So, it could be your teas, coffee, milk, juice. It's just alcohol that doesn't count towards that. So, any of your other fluids will count. Mm-hmm. 
Um, if you're overweight, you could try um, losing a little bit of weight gradually uh, to try and reduce the pressure that's on your skin and on your bone. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a pressure ulcer already, though, we wouldn't want you to restrict your diet too much while that pressure ulcer is healing because we'd be really worried about you not getting enough energy and, and nutrients in. Mm-hmm. Um, so simple things you could do if you're overweight would be cutting out sugar from hot drinks and maybe using sweeteners, using lower fat cooking methods like grilling, uh, snacks that are lower in energy like low fat yogurts, having meals that are balanced and trying not to miss meals and aiming to lose no more than about half a kilo to a kilo a week. Any more than that is quite a lot to be losing. If you're underweight, um, you might not have enough nutrient stores in your body, so we need to get some extra nutrition in. Um, So to do that, you might uh, need to make sure that you're having regular meals, whether that's ready meals if you're really struggling to be able to prepare things frozen and tinned vegetables are just as good as your fresh vegetables Mm -hmm. trying to have three small meals a day and two or three nourishing snacks during the day like yogurts cheese nuts and biscuits can help to build your weight up a little bit and trying to include maybe some we call them nourishing drinks so drinks that are high in calories and protein like milk milkshakes malted milk drinks and fruit juices okay um a question just popped on my screen from uh, uh, one of the brothers so does that include squashes yep in your fluids yep absolutely squash would count um if you're looking to control your weight and your calorie intake then a no added sugar squash would be better but absolutely squash does count mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wow okay uh, so yeah that's uh, a bit exciting so at least uh, they can pretty much eat everything so one of the problems is that whenever we says diet so uh, the first thing came in came in people's mind is that they will be cutting out all of these lovely things which they are very much fond to eat or drink and and uh, it will become very plain and, and blend in many different ways anyhow um, uh, moving on uh, so in in terms of uh, what would make a person more uh, at risk uh, and and it's just uh, uh, truth so age is one of the um, risk factors patients when they get older relatives they don't like to um they're maybe not as mobile as they used to be mm-hmm. so sitting for prolonged periods of time and sometimes um when you're on multiple medication you know mm-hmm. i sometimes check patients medication and they can be on a lot of medication now is there some more tablets that might be more um yes. the patient more at risk so any blood thinners um warfarin Anything that thins your blood, um, there are certain tablets that um, affect your wound healing, which are steroids, and they can actually thin the skin. And do mm. the blood thinners actually make a bruise become can, more apparent? Is that what happens with the blood? It can medication? do. When when you get older and you lose the fatty padding underneath your skin, mm-hmm. you often see patients with bruising on their arms. So um, blood thinners can, you know, cause you to bruise more frequently. Mm-hmm. So people who who already on that kind of medications, uh, if they think that they have pressure ulcers, uh, how do they know? Well, just keeping a close eye on your 
um, bony prominences to make sure you're not developing any um, red areas, as so I said. rule of thumb is that all those areas, which is pretty much like bony areas, yeah. you have to make sure that that's one of the areas of... I think with blood thinners, it's more likely that you actually get bruising on your arms. You see that an awful lot and on your legs. You know, if you knock yourself, you um, bruise more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, pressure is mainly over a bony prominence. Um, as Katie said, dehydration... Mm-hmm. because you know you're losing the elasticity in your skin um it can be s- sweating it makes the skin moist and more prone to um breaking down mm-hmm. illness um you know what it's like when you're ill you don't want to move you lay in the same position in bed and a lot of people say just leave me alone but mm-hmm. you're actually laying in the same position for a long time and it's hard for families then to move something it's very it? hard you... you know we all know that when we're ill we just want to be left alone we want <laughs> to lay in bed and um, not be disturbed um it can be um, being in bed following surgery if you've had hip surgery mm-hmm. you're higher risk of um, pressure damage um, any kind of surgery as Katie said obesity and also low body weight mm-hmm. um, patients with reduced sensation so patients we have um, some patients with um, paraplegia they've had spinal injuries so mm-hmm. patients that actually can't feel that they're developing any red areas or any soreness mm-hmm. um, poor diet as Katie said that we all need fuel to keep us going indeed um, and medical conditions, sometimes when you've got heart or circulation problems, um, they can affect the blood flow to your lower legs. So mm. um, the risk of heel pressure damage, we always think of pressure damage being on um, our bottoms where we're sitting, but actually we get quite a lot of pressure damage on patients' heels. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that note, I have to uh, give you a stop on that time, unfortunately, because, wow, the time has passed really quickly. We are approaching really close to our break. So uh, when we come back from break, we will talk a bit more about uh, what, uh, where on the bodies you will see all those pressure signs. We will ask them more about uh, what sort of diet we can have, uh, especially in terms of uh, section and so forth. And what, how, what are the tips to s- spot those things? These and many more just after these breaks. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Any health advice given, whether general, diet, physical or spiritual, is general only and must be verified by your doctor. If you need medical advice, please consult a doctor. Assalamu alaikum and good evening to all our listeners and viewers. I welcome you all to another exciting edition of Health and Fitness Show. I'm your host Fahad Martin for today's evening and we are talking about pressure ulcer and its awareness with our guest uh, Jill, uh, Ruth and and. Katie.
This program is broadcasting live uh, today from uh, from the studios of Inspire FM. Today on 21st of November 2019. And um, uh, it's broadcasting uh, live uh, for our lovely people in Luton and the surrounding areas of Luton. And you can also hear us and view us on Facebook Live and through our website. So uh, let me go to our guest and I'll ask them to reintroduce themselves so at least everybody knows who we have in the studio today. So let's start with uh, you, Jill. Hello, yes, I'm Jill Grant. I work for Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group as a be- uh, patient safety project nurse. Mm-hmm. Hello, I'm Ruth Mullins. I'm a community tissue viability nurse working for Bedfordshire Community Health Services. Perfect. Hi, I'm Katie. I'm a dietitian working for Bedfordshire Community Health Services. Perfect. And I, I'm so sorry, Katie, I've mis, uh, mispronounced your name earlier as well. And when I was reintroducing you, I forgot. <laughs> so it happens. This is the perks of, of having I a live video. I won't be video. offended. <laughs> it's having a live video. So before we went on break, we were talking about a certain... Uh, 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 in, in, uh, in terms of diets and then we talked about uh, how people can uh, uh, what uh, who are on risk and how they can and say the, uh, what things can they do and how they can identify who are at risk and so forth I did got some uh, of the questions before the messages as well uh, 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 questions uh, why messages uh, before uh, in the first half of the show one of the questions were uh, uh, were about uh, Plantar fasciitis. Fasciitis. Sorry, you you said you can explain about it. Um, It's usually pain on the bottom of your foot, around the heel and the arch of your foot. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've had treatment and it's not working, then it's better to go back to see the GP Mm -hmm. just to get a second opinion. Indeed. And and although um, there are different uh, uh, treatments and, and... things available but yeah the first call of port of call is i think if it's not improving yeah. um to go back and see your gp definitely get a second opinion indeed indeed anyhow uh, before uh, we went on break you were talking about uh, what uh, what would make a person more at risk but then in terms of old people uh, when i say old people mean, means people who are in their in, in their uh, late stages of their uh, ages side mm-hmm. Uh, they are uh, they sometimes they are very skin and bones all the time so how we can how how we can identify whether they are on risk uh, at risk for for that as well well i think it all depends um you do get some patients that haven't got a lot of body fat mm-hmm. but actually they can be quite mobile um whereas we could get patients that actually have um a high um, amount of body fat but they're actually not moving. Mm-hmm. So it's all on the, an individual basis. Obviously, if you've got a relative that is quite thin mm-hmm. and they're not actually moving, then it is going to increase the risk of um, pressure damage mm-hmm. if they're sitting for long periods of time. And also, if they're laying in bed in the same position, that would increase their risk as well. Okay. Um, um, Ruth. Well, uh, sorry, uh, Jill. In terms of the uh, pressure ulcers, how, is it how it changes your life if you end up having a pressure ulcer? It's a an extreme life changing event, and you know, often the public think pressure ulcers can't be very much. Um, it's not sort of a high profile I- illness, um, but the life changing can be 
that the person feels very isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, the family can feel isolated as well. There's um, all of a sudden a strict regime for turning somebody, moving them, rather than trying, you know, if you notice it beforehand, you can prevent all this from going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great risk of infection to pressure ulcers and um, the high risk of sepsis. Mm-hmm. And the pressure ulcer actually takes control of your life. Indeed, indeed. You know, so, so you're just living... Sometimes, you know, people might be stuck in their bedroom because they've got to be nursed in bed and they're just four walls and that, that's their world for that moment in time. It can make mm. you very depressed, can't it, Jill? It can go on for months and sometimes they never heal. Sometimes no. you've got to live with it and um, make the most of the quality of life that you can. Mm-hmm. But if somebody, you know, out there can just notice those first small changes... Mm-hmm. It can make a big difference to somebody's quality of life. It's life-changing mm-hmm. to see those um, first first signs and life-changing if you don't see them. Mm-hmm. So pressure ulcers and bad sores are one and same, right? They same are. thing, yes. Mm-hmm. But as Ruth said, it doesn't always happen when you're in bed. It can happen in the chair, you know, wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it can go on to lead to further surgical procedures, um, because they may need to be... Um, they may become infected. Um, so we do have patients. Some patients need special pumps to heal the pressure ulcers. So it can be very debilitating for the patient and their families. It affects their families. They can't take their loved ones out as much as they used to because they're actually being nursed in bed. Um, so it actually not only does it affect the patient, it can affect their families as well. Mm-hmm. And what we haven't really said is a pressure ulcer can let off an odour. Yes, it can. Which is the isolating factor. Mm. You know, that person that has the pressure ulcer doesn't want to go out and mix with people because they can smell the pressure ulcer on themselves. They can Mm -hmm. smell that wound and they would be, you know, certain that other people could. So that isolation then, as as Ruth has said, leads to depression. If it's somebody that's working, they don't go to work and it leads to a vicious circle of very hard to sort of get out of and to, to start thinking about having a normal life at the end of this journey. And, you know, quite often patients think it's the worst thing that could have happened to them. Mm-hmm. If only I'd known. Indeed. And that's the thing, if only Indeed. I'd known. And that's why we're really here, to educate um, families and um, to make sure that, you know, they do keep and encourage their family members to keep moving, to look for any red areas and to make sure that if they are concerned that they contact uh, an appropriate healthcare professional for advice mm. and support. And there's lots of support out there in the community so have you guys um, witnessed uh, or is there any examples you can share where a patient or their loved ones were not aware that it's a pressure ulcer and they find out later on? I think sometimes when patients have wounds and um, um, I can think of a patient actually he was going to work, he was only in his 40s and he was paraplegic and he had two category 4 pressure ulcers were actually right down to the bone and he didn't realise because he was independent, washing himself, showering himself, taking himself off to work, realised he'd got a wound, but actually didn't realise... Um, the that depth was a pressure ulcer. Yeah, the, the depth of the wound. Wow. Um, he ended up in hospital, um, 
and they did heal eventually and he went back to work so it was a happy story but mm. um there are patients when you when you're living on your own and you haven't got anyone to check for you and you 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 can't feel pain it is a worry that there's well, there's probably patients out there now with pressure ulcers that nurses don't know about so in terms of uh, some people who are who sit quite a lot mm-hmm. uh, in uh, due to their illness uh, do they develop sometimes uh, uh, sores in the back and uh, the bottom areas so is that a pressure ulcer as well or yes. is that linked to the pressure ulcer yeah it can be um sometimes when people are sweating or they're incontinent of urine um you can get a moist area mm-hmm. around the buttocks but once the skin is broken it's always high risk then of pressure damage mm-hmm. um we have in the community um it's quite common now that um patients that live on their own they maybe have carers at eight o'clock in the morning and then they're sitting till 12 o'clock at lunchtime without actually moving um, waiting for the in-between carers visits so those patients are always going to be high risk of pressure damage Mm -hmm. because they're not able to get up on their own and relieve the pressure on their bottoms Mm -hmm. so for these people what are the best things they can do um well we always say that if they can rock from side to side in the chair Mm-hmm. um if it's safe to do so so we have to look at the risk if patients have got dementia um are they safe to actually do that we would get an occupational therapist out just to check um so just to encourage if people can stand stand at least every hour and try and mobilize as much as possible to prevent um the sustained pressure on their bottoms mm-hmm. no uh thank you so much for that because uh Uh, last time when i had this show i was thinking that yes people may have it but it has helped me as a, as in in person as well uh to look after my mom and it's something which uh, we thought about it uh, that she might be developing a pressure ulcer mm-hmm. which did help a lot because uh, we highlighted it and it got resolved in a very early stage so it did not manage to uh, f- uh go on beyond the line so yeah it is what it is uh, uh katie uh, in terms of the uh, dietary uh, sections so uh, what dietary advice will you like to give for people uh, who have these kind of pressure ulcers and then um, because they are not very much moving is there any specific diet they can take especially if they are uh, like vegans or uh, or if they're diabetics So when someone's got a pressure ulcer then things like your protein and vitamins and minerals are really important in healing that pressure ulcer so your your body needs the energy the protein the vitamins and the minerals to heal that skin so the one thing that can be a little bit trickier is if you are a vegetarian or a vegan mm-hmm. sometimes people can struggle to um think of sources of protein a lot of the time people just think protein meat mm-hmm. and especially if you're following a vegan diet and you might not be having cheese or milk or things like that mm-hmm. people can get a little bit stuck about how to get that protein in and the protein is really important um so you can have lots and lots of non-meat sources of protein um your beans lentils tofu soya nuts um so you could have chickpeas or lentils in a curry or stew there's lots of different ways of getting them into your diet and it's really important to make sure that you're having a source of protein at every meal mm-hmm. um 
It's also important to make sure that you're having a, a balanced diet so you're getting all the vitamins and minerals. Um, so there's loads of information about balanced diet on places like the NHS Choices website. And if you're particularly vegetarian or vegan... Uh, the vegetarian and vegan societies have some really useful information if you wanted to look a bit more specifically about how to get that protein in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in t- sorry, I just got a message on my screen uh, from one of the listeners. Uh, by the way, listeners, if you have any questions or queries regarding pressure ulcers, uh, please get in touch with us. Uh, and and if you if you like to ask any questions to us, uh, you can call us on 01582481822. I repeat, 01582481822. Or you can send your questions uh, via text messages or WhatsApp on 0779481822. I repeat, 0779481822. So uh, I, I just got a message uh, from one of the listeners asking if a loved one had pressure so while in hospital, what can we do? If they're under the care, if they're actually in hospital, yes. Well, they should be under. Um, they'll be under the care of the nurses on the ward, <coughs> who would be aware of the pressure ulcer. So they should be repositioning the patient using the appropriate um, dressing. And also they have got their own tissue viability nurses in hospital. So if the ward nurses were concerned, they can get specialist advice from the hospital tissue viability nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of um, uh, the the ones who... Um, so what should one do if uh, uh, or if someone uh, is caring for you? So for, for the people like... Uh, carers especially uh, they they normally see their loved ones day in day out especially when they are uh, sitting there or lying down and sometimes yes you know that yes they need to move uh, or take them bath or so forth but all of a sudden they see a very awkward patch on the skin what is the best thing to do at that time? Um, the best thing to do that if you're worried about any red area or any skin changes over a bony prominence is to contact uh, one of the healthcare professionals. So contact the district nursing service. They will come out. They will do an assessment. They will check um, if it's pressure damage or not. Mm -hmm. They will be able to give you advice. If it is a pressure ulcer and it needs dressing, then the patient would be under the care of the district nursing service. Mm -hmm. And also... Um, they may need specialist equipment. They may need um, pressure relieving or reducing mattresses or cushions. Mm-hmm. So if in doubt, I would definitely call um, the district nurses out to just check the red area or a wound if they notice one. Okay. And in, in terms of uh, those areas which is not very much bony prevalences, but then they are the hidden areas like um, armpits or a person's bottoms or inner thighs areas near the uh, the uh, uh, underneath the um, uh, what do you call knee area under, underneath the knee area side if you don't think it's pressure damage then you can also ask your gp to check but if it's over a bone it's and it's red it's highly likely to be pressure damage and if it's not in the bone area if it's not on a bone it can be sometimes fungal infections underneath the armpits Mm -hmm. so it's always worth contacting a healthcare professional to come and check 
Okay, and and district nurses can able to guide them as well. District nurses are trained. Um, they see a lot of patients with pressure ulcers, so they are the ideal person just to check to make sure it's not pressure, mm-hmm. or confirm it is a pressure ulcer to give the patient and the family advice and support and check that all the appropriate equipment is in place and all the appropriate healthcare professionals like KT dietitians mm-hmm. could be they need physio or OT, occupational therapy, just to make sure we all work as one big team. Mm-hmm. Um, podiatry as well, if there's any problems with the feet, if there's mm-hmm. a pressure ulcer on the heel, um, we involve everybody and we all work as one big team. Okay. And how do we know that it's a pressure ulcer and not the uh, the other thing which uh, one of the listeners asked earlier? Um, normally, said pressure ulcer is over a bony prominence mm-hmm. and you would press it. If there's a red area, you would do the blanching test. You would put your finger over the red area, mm-hmm. press it, let go. It, it should go white and then it will go back to red. If it's red and it stays red, that's early signs of pressure damage. But any red marks, even if it's blanching, you need to be um, assessing those areas every day mm-hmm. because high risk of um, deterioration. As, as Jill said, we don't want it to um, turn into an ulcer, which mm-hmm. can actually be life-changing for the patient. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jill? Yeah, and sometimes what we do see, which is very sad, that the nurse has been in and ordered equipment and... The patient then or the family think, actually, we don't want to use the equipment. And then the nurse is called back perhaps three or four weeks later because there's a grade two or three category, a category two or three pressure ulcer there mm-hmm. that could have been prevented because the equipment was there to be used. Mm-hmm. So what we would say, if um, equipment has been ordered, you know, it's done by the assessment of the healthcare professional and it's required to prevent... Mm-hmm. And and that's always the, the key is word is prevent yeah. these um, pressure ulcers developing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in terms of uh, <coughs> in in terms of the. Uh, um, the uh, uh, pressure ulcers, uh, categories which uh, Ruth just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, uh, Jill just mentioned, what, um, sorry, oh, how many categories are there? I'm a bit kind of intrigued to know. There's that. four categories of pressure ulcers. And how do we know which is which? Um, we actually have got some leaflets here mm-hmm. um, that one of the matrons has, has done with... Um, pictures on them that guide families mm-hmm. their um information sheets for families and carers mm-hmm. um so category one would be an area as i said of non-blanching redness so red area category four is usually when you can see exposed bone mm-hmm. so as deep as it can go oh okay so category four is when the, you can see the bone it's very yes um, what about if someone's got a scab what, what do you think um, a scab would indicate um, on a bony prominence with an at-risk patient? Pressure damage. Yeah. Um, we do see scabs quite often on patients' heels. Mm-hmm. Um, with a diabetic patient, you've got to be really vigilant because um, any wound on the foot, mm-hmm. sometimes they have a reduced blood supply. Um, if their blood sugars are not within a normal range, we would always refer those patients with high-risk feet to podiatry mm-hmm. and let them have a look. And also we have got the diabetic foot clinics in 
um, Luton and Dunstable Hospital and Bedford Hospital as well. So mm-hmm. we, again, we work closely with the podiatrists. Mm-hmm. And they are, and and definitely, if there's any any signs and symptoms of pressure ulcers, please, please, please get in touch with your health professionals, your GPs, your nurses, practice nurses, and if your if your loved one is under the care of district nurses, uh, please get them involved, get them sorted. See it, say it, sorted. <laughs> in a way. Uh, so, in, in, uh, sorry, one of the questions just popped up on my screen. says, uh, great show. Does the tight cloth make any difference? Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. So, if you've got tight clothing, um, it's going to restrict the blood supply. So, to make sure that clothing is loose mm-hmm. and, and comfortable. And if you're paraplegic. And if you're paraplegic. You, you can see sometimes. The groins, yes. We, yes. Young people have wanted to wear tight clothes. Yes. So, you know, if you're young and you're wearing tight fitting clothes and mm. you're mobile, that's fine. But I think. When you're sitting for long periods of time and you've got really tight clothes on, they can actually cause marks to the skin, mm-hmm. which then can um, impact onto your pressure areas. One of the things we didn't talk about as well is the care of the skin when um, someone's being washed. Yes. Um, you know, people like perfume soaps and nice soaps, but that's actually, am I right in saying, Ruth, the worst thing that we could yes. be using on the skin? We always say, really, if somebody's got any moisture damage or soreness, um, the best thing to do is just use plain water. And um, if the skin's broken, they're going to need um, a barrier product, so um, a barrier cream, which just protects the the skin so not talcum powder not talcum powder because talcum powder can end up um going into quite little hard balls of chalk mm-hmm. will it make the skin very dry and warm? it can make the skin dry yes. i mean i know a lot of people like using talcum powder but we do try and discourage it now so things like uh, the proper moisturising cream like E45 or something like that. Yes. But, uh, but it's normally need to be prescribed by a GP or a cl- clinician, right? It does. Um, but GPs now are encouraging pa- um, patients to, um, if they can afford to buy the moisturising products, to buy them themselves. Mm-hmm. If a patient has got moisture lesions mm-hmm. um, from incontinence, they would need a prescribed barrier cream. So it would be best to see the GP um, if they have moisture lesions, see the practice nurse or call the district nurse if they're housebound. Okay, cool. Uh, in terms of the uh, meals itself, um, uh, uh, Katie, can you please uh, recommend a, a meal replacement or a supplement for these kind of patients? Um, so we quite often get asked about kind of vitamin and mineral supplements mm-hmm. and if they are useful for people with pressure ulcers. Generally, we would say that if you're having a varied balanced diet then things like that aren't necessary mm-hmm. you can usually get the vitamins and minerals that you need from a balanced diet if you're really struggling with a balanced diet and you have a poor appetite then potentially one of the sort of a to z um, type vitamin and mineral supplements might be useful and you can get those from lots of different chemists and supermarkets and things mm-hmm. um, but there isn't generally uh, necessarily a benefit to them if you're having a balanced diet Right, okay. So, uh, but then people who are in their late ages or being completely bedbound and they don't like to eat much, unfortunately, this is one of the very awkward things. But anyhow, oh wow, we are literally extremely short of time. We are 
almost approaching to the end of the show so uh can i ask you all to give a quick uh tips on how to spot the risk uh, uh and how to look after the pressure ulcers let's start with uh uh with you in terms of diet uh what do you reckon uh katie um so from a diet perspective the main things would be making sure you're well hydrated um if you're overweight then maybe looking at losing a little bit of weight and if you're particularly underweight looking at trying to increase your calories to to maybe put on a little bit of weight and a bit of padding if you need some resources then just search for food first luton and there's loads on there perfect ruth um try and keep as mobile as possible encourage your relatives and loved ones to um, move as much as possible if they're in bed um try and encourage them to move in bed if you're in any doubt and you're worried about any red areas and you feel that it could be pressure related then um, you have got your local Luton District Nursing Service um, and also in Bedford and Central Beds we've also got um, the single point of access which you can Google. Mm-hmm. So if you need any um, input or advice from the district nurses in Luton you can Google it and the number is available for you. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, Jill, very quick second. Just to say in Bedfordshire there's a lot of training being offered to people that actually look after people mm-hmm. so okay assurance perfect thank you so much for all your help and thank you so much for coming today that's thank all you. for the thank show you. today thank you bye bye thank you for listening to our podcast why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefm luton